Last time we left Jimmy, he was approached by a cute little girl with blonde curls named Cindy for a simple pickup job. No more looking for loose keys or wondering how clouds actually moved around the sky. A real, bona fide job. But it seemed like she needed some muscle rather than the skills of a hawkshaw. But it was work. So what will this lead to? You'll have to listen and find out. Chapter 2 After leaving the school, Jimmy went straight off to the bus yard. The little pep talk from Principal Jenner put him a few minutes behind schedule. Jimmy knew something was funny. Why would a cute little girl send a guy like him on an easy errand? He wanted a few minutes to case the joint and talk with his pal, who all the kids called Shaky Joe, but who Jimmy just called Old Joe. Old Joe used to run Jimmy's bus route until an unfortunate mishap which was aggravated by a bus full of screaming kids year after year. One day, old Joe had to stop the bus and scold some kids who were messing around in the back. Old Joe had no idea, but the whole thing was a trap, and he was about to be setting up the who's gal. The kids in the back of the bus were the bait. The real trouble was in the front, where a couple of real mean ones spread honey all over Joe's seat. The stuff had a nice shine to it and could barely be seen against the bright vinyl seat cover. But once old Joe sat down, he knew what had just happened. He could smell the heaviness of the sweet air and feel the tacky syrup under his rump. Right then, you could see that little part of old Joe's brain that had been keeping him sane all school year disappear. He screamed out loud, and all the kids laughed and chanted, Shaky Joe! Shaky Joe! That got the guy taken off bus driving duty. Now he just hung around the yard and fixed the old machines that he used to run. Old Joe liked Jimmy, mainly because Jimmy was the quieter type, quiet until you talked to him, and he called that poor man Old Joe, not that teasing moniker. Jimmy walked around the yard looking for Old Joe. Usually the guy could be found by the free-flowing ramblings that he recited to himself as he worked, but instead of the constant chatter, the yard was completely silent. Jimmy checked several of the buses, but no one was in sight. In the middle of the yard was a box, nothing around just a box. It was like someone had leveled the town square and left a present for whoever came across it. Jimmy made his way out, keeping an eye on all his surroundings. He got all the way out to the box and gave the yard one more look over. No one was there. He looked down to inspect the package and there was postage all over it and a strange Russian word written on the top in big bold letters. Jimmy didn't know what it meant, but he could sound it out from things he had learned from a few spy novels he had read. Primanka. He didn't know what the perplexing word translated to. He got swept up in thought trying to decipher what this word could mean, but he couldn't figure it out because Jimmy didn't know Russian. All of a sudden, he heard the clomping of oaf-like footsteps behind him. He turned to see two blurry shapes come right at him. Then the world went black. Jimmy came to in a dark room. There was a light shining right in his face and two large figures masked by the harsh glow. From the smell of used motor oil and mildew, Jimmy figured he was in a garage. Where's the real package? The two shapes said in unison. By the way their voices clung together, Jimmy figured he was dealing with twins. Two very large twins. 
Who asked you to pick up the package? The two voices rattled out again. Jimmy kept silent. The big old shape on the right blurted out. Listen, you better start answering our questions. We have you tied up in a secret location. Jimmy smiled. If you had me in a secret location, you wouldn't be asking me such simple questions. And, I hope by secret location, you mean where your dad changes the brake pads on that old family minivan. The voices charged. Don't get smart, Pip Squeak. The one on the left had an idea. Maybe we should torture him. I haven't given a snake bite in a while. Jimmy knew that the old snake bite wouldn't feel nice, especially from these two. It was a schoolyard favorite of the mean kids, and he had gotten a few over the years. But the kids who doled those out were considerably smaller than the two goons in front of him. The boss said no snake bites, not unless he gives the okay, said the shape on the right. I've been itching to do one for a while. How about just a tiny one, said the left. Jimmy was hoping that one of them would at least have enough sense to stick with the boss's plan. The large shapes moved further back into the darkness, muttering as they thought of what to do. If they have to think up something fresh, I might be here a while, Jimmy thought to himself. His brain started rattling off every possibility that he could think up to make a clean break from the interrogation. Most plans that he thought up involved items which he wished he had instead of what was around him. He wished that he had a pair of nail clippers, then he would clip right through those ropes. He also wished that he could see. Then he might be able to smash the chair against the wall and make a break for it. Or just see what's going on. Let's just do what Thursby wants us to do, the one on the right rattled off. There was that name again, Jimmy thought. Seems like some essay winner had his coals and all sorts of fires. Jimmy sat, hoping that he'd get a little bit more information on this Thursby. But we need a way to get this kid talking, said the voice on the left. I have an idea. Tickle torture. The voices were almost indistinguishable from each other, but Jimmy could pick up the slight differences in cadence. Left brain, right brain, Jimmy thought. Which one was creative and which one was analytic? Or were they just a couple of dopes? Yeah, tickle torture would get him going. Jimmy was in a real jam here. Some people seemed to have a real immunity to tickling, but it was one of Jimmy's weak spots. If they started, he might spill the beans on who hired him, a big no-no in the detective community, even when the cops were grilling you for information. Detectives always kept everything under wraps until they solved the mystery. Confidentiality means something to a true gumshoe. Jimmy saw the two figures move back into the light, but he still couldn't make out their faces. This is going to be fun, the one on the right said. Jimmy's eyes darted around trying to get any idea on how he could get out of this predicament. Suddenly, a door opened to the garage and a woman turned on the lights. The sudden burst of light blinded Jimmy for a second. But his eyes came to and a woman wearing an apron was standing in the doorway. Boys, it's time for dinner. Be there in a second, Mom, the goon said in unison. Jimmy's sight started coming around with little blips of light hazing his view. Finally, the two goons came into perfect 2020. They were the Bowery Brothers. A couple of real lugs and identical twins that had repeated the sixth grade a few too many times. The school board was considering letting them go on, just to let them go on. They were large, too large for sixth graders. But then again, they weren't actually sixth graders. They both always wore a striped undershirt and were speckled with freckles and bright red hair. They were the menace of the playground, too big to challenge, 
and could be bought off by anyone with a handful of nickel candies. Who's that tied to the chair? Rattled off their mom, almost like she said it too many times before, with that tired voice of an adult who's too exhausted to actually dole out discipline anymore. It's our f- They both began to say in unison. The name is Jimmy Pierce, ma'am. Cutting the lugs off before they could finish spitting out friend. The boys and I were just playing a game. Well, isn't that nice? An actual game for a change. The Bowery brothers looked at each other dead silent. Yeah, these two are a real hoot. I'm surprised I've never met your friend Jimmy before. He's such a darling little boy. Well, I'm only darling when the occasion rises. The two goons still couldn't say a word. Would you like to join us for dinner? We're having chicken pot pie. Well, I'll be. Pot pie is a good reason to turn up the charm because that happens to be my favorite. And I couldn't say no after how these two have been talking my ear off about how you're the best cook this side of Mulberry Street. These two? Talking about my cooking? She looked over at the goons. You need more friends like this. Jimmy sat across the table from the Bowery Brothers. The house had an old world charm, nice and rustic with paper doilies in just the right places. Jimmy slid one of the doilies under the table and scribbled something on it real quick when the twins were focused on staring at dinner. But their gaze came back to Jimmy as they sat there kicking each other under the table. Jimmy smiled back, knowing he'd gotten out of a scrape. If Mrs. Bowery was a minute late... He would have been laughing hysterically, spilling the beans on everything from his client to that time he did a little tinkle in the community pool. Mrs. Bowery came into the dining room carrying a piping hot pie full of chicken and vegetable goodness. Jimmy was actually excited. Since the day's events, the fight, detention, being hired for a case, getting knocked out, and almost getting tickle tortured, Jimmy realized that he hadn't actually had anything to eat since breakfast which for him consisted of toast and orange juice. Simple and nourishing. Well, here we go, boys, said Mrs. Bowery as she cut up her afternoon's efforts. The boys both held out their plates, drooling for some grub. She placed a nice big slice on Jimmy's plate and filled up his glass to the brim with milk. Guess first, boys, said the kind mother that somehow made these two. Thank you, ma'am. How polite, she said as she served her boys. My mother wouldn't have it any other way. All right, boys, dig in. You'll need it after a day of playing. Jimmy responded, You have no idea, ma'am. After a day like ours, a boy might need a couple of these pies to himself. Jimmy was gauging the body language from the Bowery brothers. He looked across the table, and they sat tight-lipped. He could almost see the steam fuming from their ears. Well, what did you boys do today? asked Mrs. Bowery. Apart from detention and ambush, not much, said Jimmy quickly. Ambush, shrieked Mrs. Bowery. Jimmy threw everyone off guard. He sat waiting to see how fast these boys could respond. The goons finally piped up. It's an army game called detention and ambush. Jimmy could see the sweat starting to build on their well-defined brows. Jimmy waited a few seconds to make the boys sweat before he responded. Just playing games that recalled the old days of our boys overseas. The twins looked frightened. My nickname would have to be Hogan, but these two might have to share the nom de guerre of Clink, and maybe Sergeant Hans Schultz. But what do I know? I know Nesching, right boys? Oh, Hogan's Heroes, I love that show. The twins let out a collective sigh. 
You boys these days are rambunctious. The twins were kicking each other under the table. Jimmy finished his slice of pie and took a big gulp of his milk. Well, ma'am, that dinner was a delight, but if you don't mind, have to get running. My parents might be wondering where a boy my age might be at this hour of the night. Jimmy stood up and took the hand of Mrs. Bowery. It's been a pleasure. Boys, I'll see you tomorrow at the yard. As Jimmy turned to the door, Mrs. Bowery looked at the table and saw something was astray. Hey, it seems like there is a doily missing from the play settings. Jimmy froze. One false move and he would be found out. Yeah, there were four when we sat down, said one twin. We should pat down our guests, said the other. Jimmy didn't know if the twins were on to him or if they were just stumbling around with some dumb luck. Sorry, ma'am. Don't know what happened to it. But I know your sons have been using up a world of these fancy napkins because your pot pie is good. But it can be a little messy. Mrs. Bowery looked at her two boys that were covered in bits of gravy and pie crust. I know these two can seem like a couple feral animals when it's dinner time. Before tonight, I could only picture it. But now I've seen the feeding with my own eyes, said Jimmy. You should see Sloppy Joe night, said Mrs. Bowery. I'm only coming for your cooking, not the feeding spectacle. This darling little guy. Well, thank you for coming by, said Mrs. Bowery. Anytime, but I might skip the detention and ambush in the future. The twins looked like they were a couple of steam kettles that were about to boil over, and Jimmy was out of their clutches. Jimmy walked out the front door into the thick night fog. When he got to the corner of the block, he pulled the doily out of his pocket, the one he almost got caught with. He had looked down at the word he had scribbled on it only for memory. Jimmy knew only one place where he could find out what this meant. Well, where do we go from here? A couple of thugs, a delicious chicken pot pie, a mystery Russian word on the package that Jimmy was supposed to pick up, and a different real package? What does this all mean? Tune in next time to hear what happens in Jimmy's quest to find the truth. And stay safe, young detectives.